10 days of Teshuvah. And of course, these are the days that we are doing Teshuvah. We're returning to God. So, oh, thank you, Ron. He's, got, he's showing us a picture of the book. Beautiful book. Recently republished in a beautiful layout with the English translation. That's what we have up on the screen. So one of the th so we do a number of the things that are different throughout these ten days. One of the things that are different is in the Amida prayer we start to refer to God as the King. So for example, in the end of the third blessing, which we usually end Hakel Hakadosh, the Holy God, we now refer to God as the Holy King Hamelech. Akadosh. And so too, in the 11th blessing, uh, we change, we, we use, we use Hamelech Hamishbat, the king of justice. Why? Because during these days, by Yamim Halalu, God is showing his kingship to, to, to judge the world. And so he gets into all kinds of um, situations where if you made a mistake and you did the wrong one, so we're not going to get into all of that. You can look back here uh, to find out what happens. If you missed the boat and you said Akela Kadosh instead of Hamelach Kadosh, it's all in the gray box, though, right, Rabbi? That's right. If you want to cheat, you can look in the sitter. Uh, but if you want to get into the behind, what's behind what's in the sitter, which gives you the, the cheat sheet, what's the reasoning, what's the background, go ahead and and read the Alter Rebbe's Shochan Aruch. Also on Shabbos, there's a change in the prayer that we say on Friday night, Hamelach Kadosh. Um, there are other additions that we add. Zachreinu lechayim, melechofid vachayim, vevechos veinu b'seifer achayim, lemanecho lekim echayim. Remember us. So we say that not only on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, where you may recognize this tune from, but throughout those 10 days, we always add that right at the beginning, towards the beginning of of, and of course, at the at the end of Amida, we also have the Sefer Chaim, We ask God to inscribe us in the good book, this book of the book of life. And the Alter Rebbe also points out in this chapter that with Russian Yom Kippur, we don't refer to them as holidays. On Pesach or Sukkot, we say on Shavuot, we say Moadim lesimcha, Chagim uzmanim lesasom that these are days of, of joy and days of rejoicing, because even though we're always supposed to be happy, even on Yom Kippur, even on Rosh Hashanah, but these are not days that are specified for joy like the other holidays. Any questions or comments? Finally, in the last Seif, each of these uh, 17, 16, 17, these paragraphs, in Hebrew, each one is called a seif, which is like a branch. In seif, the final seif of this chapter, or this siman, as it's known, he says as follows. We have a custom that everybody says to his fellow may you be written Tikatev is you shall be written for a good year. Written where? Written in the in the in the book, the big book, where everything's getting written down. The ain loimar davar zebiyim shein ishod reisha shon. Oh, do not say this 
phrase on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Why? Once midday has passed. Why? Because the writing has already passed. So you only wish this, this blessing on, on the night of, you know, the eve, Rosh Hashanah Eve, right after Marev, you say, you greet your fellow, and the next day, you're only going to do that until midday. And beyond that, we have a custom already from the month of Elul, some people even earlier, but certainly in the month of Elul, that we wish each other, like today, we should wish each other at the end of our class, Ksiva Vachatima Tova. I wish you a good inscription and seal in the in the book of, um, of God's decisions for the coming year. So we're already w- wishing that already. In Rosh Hashanah, we say this phrase, in our Machzor, which is the prayer book for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, after the evening prayer, it says, tell each other, here's what you say, it's right there. Questions, comments? When do we say Gumar Beautiful. So once, once we're already past day two or midday of day two, we don't say may you be inscribed because that the inscription is done, but we still haven't got the seal. We don't get sealed until Yom Kippur, the end of Yom Kippur. So Jonathan is raising a good point that after that, after we no longer say inscription, we say, may you be sealed, sealed in for a good, for a good, um, good life. Some people have shortened it to Gamar Tov, a good completion. Okay, the next chapter in Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, I'm just giving you overviews. We're not going to go into every halacha or else we'll never finish it. He goes into food. What's a Jewish holiday without food? Even Yom Kippur, we're not allowed to eat. We have to have a big meal before and a big meal after. Food is an important part of the holiday. So there are certain things that we eat in Rosh Hashanah that are symbolic of goodness, and um, we eat them in order to add to all the things that we're doing to inspire ourselves and to awaken and provoke a good year for ourselves. It gives a bunch of different um, examples of different foods, leek, beets, date, squash, fenugreek, and so forth. And it's because the names of these foods imply increase. Lashon ribui. So for example, there is a custom to eat tzimis, which has carrots in it, because carrots are merin. And merin means more. So we want to increase more yeah. merits. And there are different prayers that are said um, the Chabad custom, even though the Alter Rebbe is citing all of these customs, this is not actually the Chabad custom. And that's a general rule to know about the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, even though he's the founder of Chabad. But he wrote the Shulchan Aruch as, in, as, a, as, a, um, as a code of, of, of Jewish law. It doesn't mean that his particular custom followed this. He laid down the law based on his reading of the Talmud and the, and the earlier codes, but actual custom or some, is, is often influenced by Kabbalistic um, implications from the Arizal. And so the Al-Turabi in practice followed the Arizal very strictly in, in how he, how he uh, determined the, 
the exact formulation of the prayers and the particular custom. So the Chabad custom, when it comes to uh, what we eat and what we say a prayer over on Rosh Hashanah Eve is only the, the apple dipped in honey. So there we say, here he says it in the end of the, of the, uh, of the halacha, v'yesh nohagim, there are those who have the custom, and in the footnote he quotes it from the Tur and from the Ramah, where it says, the custom is lechol tapuach, to eat an apple, matok, a sweet one, so no granny, granny Smith, sorry, I know you like it, mitubal bidvash, dipped in honey. So the, the apple is sweet, and it's in dipped in sweet honey. Ve'oimrim no chalapeno honey. Sorry. Ve'oimrim tishadeish aleinu shona misuka. May may the may the renewed year be sweet. We actually say tishadeish aleinu shana tova umetuka. We add in the word good, and that this also is in your machzor, so you don't have to memorize it by heart. Just pull out your machzor. And now he gets into a little bit of the laws of blessings. We know that you say a blessing on a primary thing. You don't have to say a blessing on the secondary thing. So here you have an apple and, a, and honey. So you would think, I got to say two blessings, one for the apple, one for the honey, because one's ha'etz, one's a fruit, and one's a shakol. It's a different blessing. So we have a rule. Ikar vitafel, when you have a primary food and something that is just secondary to that primary food, you only say the blessing on the primary. So you're just going to say the blessing on the apple, and that is going to cover the honey as well. Lefi shahadvash The honey is secondary, or as he says, ancillary, fancy word, to the apple. Anyatna. <laughs> what was the first uh, vegetable over there? I never heard about this name. Uh, Fenugreek. What is it? Fenugreek? Fenugreek? Yeah, what is it? The leguminous Asiatic herb. Chilbe. Never heard about it. Never heard of chilbe? No. Sometimes you have fenugreek seeds. They're dried. Yeah. People use them in ethnic... Rabbi, where's the custom? I can't resist the joke about eating uh, raisins and celery. You know raisins that one? Celery? No. Some people have the custom of eating raisins and celery. Next year, they get a raisin salary. Aha, good, good. I like it. Raisin salary, perfect. Rojinkis, huh? Rojinkis mit mandlin. Rojinkis mit mandlin. Okay. Let's go on to number two. There are those who eat dagim, fish. Why? To be fruitful and multiply like fish. Um, we, we do have a custom to eat from the head of a fish. So it should be like a head and not a tail. Another thing Alter Rebbe says here, and this custom, by the way, it's customary not, the fish should not be cooked in vinegar, presumably because vinegar is a kind of a sour tasting thing. We avoid anything sour we, where emphasis is on the sweet. Another question, Rebiosi. Uh, I read somewhere that you cannot eat the fish with the bones, but is it okay because, you know, 
It's going to be some bones in the fish. Yeah. Yeah, it's better. Uh, it, it, you, this, it gets complicated because you're not supposed to take the bones out. But only it's only on Shabbat. So if Rosh Hashanah came out on Shabbat, there would be a problem. But okay. during, uh, during when a regular day, weekday, Yom Tov, you're allowed to cook. You're allowed to do things that prepare the food. So you're allowed to pull out the... So you're allowed to do it on Rosh Hashanah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now here the Alter Rebbe addresses the issue. When exactly are you going to say this, this prayer, right? Because we know that when you say the blessing on a food or on a mitzvah, you're supposed to get to the point immediately. No dilly-dallying in between the blessing and the eating of the food. No interruption, no interposition. So what do we do here? We say the blessing on the apple, for example, but then we have this little prayer, may God bless me with a sweet new year, but that's not part of the blessing. So if you're going to say that before eating the fruit, you've made an interruption between saying the blessing and eating the fruit. Says All the species that you're going to bless on it when you eat it. Within the meal, for example, apples, Utmarim dates. Yoimar habakosha, you should say the request. After you, you eat a little bit from the apple. So, what is he saying? Say the blessing. Blessed you, Lord our God, who created the fruit of the tree. Eat a little bit of the apple. Now you go and say your little prayer. Because then you've, you kept the blessing and the eating without any interposition. Because it is forbidden. To make an interruption between the blessing and the eating. Now that I give you this whole lecture, I'm going to tell you that our custom is different. A bad custom is that we say the blessing and the little prayer, and then we eat. I he just said it's interruption. Go ahead, Ron. Oh, forgive me for and it's a, the blessing. The parched trauma is mainly renewed your be sweet for us, right? I mean, Breaking up, yeah, that's the prayer. Uh, Maybe you're renewed. It's like a part that you're adding, right? Exactly. Everyone just froze. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, let's look at the footnote. The footnote says that in the Siddur of the Alter Rebbe, so the Alter Rebbe wrote a Shulchan Aruch, Code of Jewish Law, that's what we're reading, but he also wrote a Siddur, a prayer book, in which he also put in instructions. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a conflict between what the Alter Rebbe wrote in his Code of Jewish Law and what he actually practiced and what he practiced, he put into the sitter, and that's what is based on Arizal on Kabbalah. So what does it say here? That in the sitter, it says that on Rosh Hashanah night, the first night, it is customary to eat a tapuach, a sweet uh, apple dipped in honey at the beginning of the meal, and you say the blessing bar priyate, then you say the yihiratzon, the, the prayer, the chadesh aleinu shanat and that's the custom of Chabad to say the little prayer before, after the blessing, before eating. And the, he puts here in the footnote that in one of the Rebbe's letters, he explained why it's not considered a interruption. So we got to look that one up or put our uh, research team on it immediately. <laughs> and uh, he also put, mentions in the footnote that... On the second night of Rosh Hashanah, we eat a fruit 
that is new to us and for which we're going to say a shehechiyanu. Shehechiyanu, vikimanu, we got a lot of that. So that one we eat immediately after the Kiddush, before we wash our hands for the bread. Whereas the apple dipped in honey, that is done after you have the bread. Then you start off your meal after the bread with the apple dipped in honey. That's the first night. Second night, you have your new fruit right after Kiddush because it's related to the Kiddush. It's related to the Jachayanu of the Kiddush. All right, let's go to number four. Any questions or comments? There are those who have the custom to dip the piece of hamotzi, of bread, of your challah, into honey. Ah, the kids love this, and the, the, the fathers go nuts. Don't drip the honey all over the table. <laughs> Not my father, of course, other fathers. Because the kids are, are got honey all over the place. So... But that's the custom. It's a beautiful custom. You want to add and increase. It also tastes delicious. That is that is a Chabad custom as well. And he puts here in the footnote that we do this not only on Rosh Hashanah, but if it's nice, if it's sweet, keep going throughout the holidays of Sukkot until after Rosh Hashanah Rabbah. So Rosh Hashanah Rabbah is the last day of Sukkot. That's the last day we do our apple dipped in honey. After that, we're back to just, I'm sorry, uh, bread dipped in honey, chal dipped in honey. After that, we're back to bread dipped in salt. Quick question. Well, Hashanah Rabbah, that's the seventh day, so it's not when it's Sarah, it's like the eighth day, right? You're talking about the seventh day. Yeah, last day, last day of Sukkot, yeah. Shemini Tzeres is a new holiday. New holiday. Yeah. Even though it's called the eighth day. Okay. And another food-related custom, biyesh ochlim rimonim. What's rimonim? Pomegranates. Customer eat pomegranates. This is, again, on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. V'omrim, and they, those, there are some who have the custom, this is not the Chabad custom, narbe zichuyot karimon. May our merits be as numerous as the seeds of a pomegranate. And it's customary to eat fat meat and to drink honey and all kinds of sweet things so that we have a that this year shall be sweet and fat and is also written in the book of Ezra in the prophets eat succulent foods and drink sweet beverages and that is referring to Rosh Hashanah this is from the book Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 but what does it mean drink honey Drink honey. I don't know. I think it just means drink honey. Drink I, I, honey. It's liquid. I, you could drink it. Maybe a honey, <laughs> maybe a honey flavored drink, but it does say drink honey. You so know, in, in ancient times, you know, in Russia, people make alcohol from honey, you know, put some you know uh, water and uh, some yeast in there, you know. They that's what they were drinking instead of beer. Maybe that's the, the way to go. If it's kosher, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. It could be means, you know, a, a honey-infused drink. Okay. The literal, the literal translation is to drink honey. That's that's literal. Okay. So okay. I don't know. Hey. Say there. All right. There's some who, ha who have the custom to have the head of a, a ram. That'd be wonderful. Centerpiece for your Rosh Hashanah dinner. 
as a remembrance to the ram of Isaac. What's the ram of Isaac? After Abraham was told by God, he didn't really mean for Isaac to be slaughtered, only to be raised up on the altar. There was a ram caught in the thicket, branches caught in the thicket, and that was slaughtered in place of Isaac. So to commemorate that and to bring the memory and merit of that event, some have the custom to have the head of a ram on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. You don't have a ram? Okay, you could have a lamb. It's going to eventually be a ram. And if you don't have the head of a lamb, it's a different head. You have another animal. And the, because the point is that we want to say, we shall be a head. We shall not be a tail. As I mentioned yep. earlier, Forgive me for interrupting. Is it not coincidental? This is at least the second time you've mentioned La Zanav tale. When Jonathan's for our bringing for his birthday came about, what did you say to him? <laughs> you remember that, huh? It's funny. He's, he's on we this have it call. on film. We have oh, it on you film. Well, you mentioned this twice. Well. I'm going, this is like, you just keep, you keep channeling. Jonathan, sorry. I know, I know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought everyone forgot about that. Okay. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, we have the custom and Chabad and many others have it as well to eat the head of a fish. We don't actually have an animal head, but we do have the concept of having the head of a fish, but no, no particular blessing is said upon it. And no, no particular prayer in the Chabad custom. What does he say over here in the footnote? Of course, that from the Mordechai. The Mordechai is one of the early codifiers. Um, interesting, he quotes from the Minna Chabad is to eat a to eat the uh, the eat pomegranates and to eat the head of a ram, but we only say the passage over the app. Okay, let's go to number six. There are those who are careful not to eat walnuts and hazelnuts because they generate phlegm and mucus and thus disturb a person. When he's praying, mevatlim hatfila. Okay, good to know. Um, now, in the next halacha, he gives us the custom of tashlich. Tashlich is going to the water and so forth. Let's see how he let's see how he, he lays it out. So, uh, Rabbi, the, yeah. the difference between custom and halacha, though, aren't right, right. Minha, uh, so what, what are we to uh, discern here? Are these customs or are these? Uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he defines them very clearly um, as customs, which means they don't have the same level of obligation as halacha, right? So it's we, we want to do every minhag. We love minhag. Minhags are beautiful in a way, in a more beautiful than halacha because it's where we're beautifying. We're, we're saying to God, we want to do even more stuff, even the stuff you didn't, Minhag means custom, by the way, yeah. right? Yeah, right. So it's customs that over time the Jewish people have adopted. So it's like when uh, when somebody, when you're in a relationship with a friend, you have a relationship with a friend or a family member or a beloved. So there's the things that you do because you're required to. That's the terms of the relationship. If you don't do them, the relationship is not going to work. But then there's things that you go beyond 
beyond the terms, it's called beyond the letter of the law, so to speak. And these are the customs that they come about because of the love of the Jewish people. They don't just do the mitzvahs because they must. They're afraid if they don't do the mitzvahs, they're gonna, something's going to happen to them. Oh, they love the mitzvahs and they want to enhance it. They love the holidays and they want to do more. And so the beauty of Jewish custom in, in the four questions that the, the, that the child asks on Amanishtana, Manishtana on Pesach night at the Seder, um, there's a question about, about custom. And, and according to the Rambam's version, which is the Chabad version, where the first question is about custom. Each night we, we, we dip only, uh, that we're dipping twice. The dipping is a custom. We don't start off with the matzah, which is the biblical, the biblical mitzvah. We start off with a custom. It shows the, the importance of custom. Simchas Torah, the whole Simchas Torah is a custom. Right? There's nothing in the Torah about Simchas Torah, about dancing with the Torah and so forth. It's all custom. Hmm. And um, yet that's one of our most powerful holidays. And in Russia, for example, that was the big day at the synagogue in Moscow. Everybody would come together in Simchas Torah. So the customs are very important. We should never take them lightly. And we have to be excited about the custom. Oh, we got another custom. At the same time, it doesn't have the same level of obligation as a mitzvah or al-halakha. So let's see. They, yeah. Oh, I know. I noticed they also don't say as a custom that afterwards you should check your blood glucose levels after drinking. Ah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, it doesn't say how much you have to eat of all this. Stuff. No, okay. Right? Could be a taste, a little bit. That's what I would say. Well, of course, there's lekach. You know what lekach is? Lekach is honey cake. That's customary, but. How much do you need to eat of it? All right, number seven. It's customary to go to the river. That has in it fish. So this custom goes back to the Maril. Maril was a very early um, rabbi in Germany back in the 1300s, I want to say. So this is an ancient custom, this idea of Tashlich. The Ramah cites it, Rabbi Moshe Iserlish, um, which is the, the Ashkenazic part of the Shulchan Aruch. So a place that has fish that are alive. Okay, that's important. It should have live fish. <laughs> you know, you can't open a can of tuna and do your tashlash. That the evil eye should not have any impact upon us. Just as the, the, the eyes of the fish are always open, we shall be fruitful and multiply like the fish. He points out in the, in the footnote that in the Siddur, the Alter Rebbe adds that the, the, the eyes of the fish always remain open. So that is a hint to the ever open eye of God's providence. And at, when we're at this river or body of water, we say the verse... We say a verse from uh, Micah 7.19, also known as Micha in Hebrew, where it has this expression that God will cast, he will throw, Tashlich, all their sins into the depths of the sea. Hence the name of this custom, Tashlich. What does Tashlich mean? To cast. To cast away God is casting away our sins into the depths of the sea. That's Tashlich. 
comes to the word shla, uh, shal, uh, it's similar to shaliach, which is to send, to send away. Shalach. It's good if this will be outside of the city. But again, from that expression, you could see if it's not outside the city, it's also good. You should go on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. When? After Mincha. For after the afternoon prayer. Before sunset. And to say these the verses, Mikel Kamaycha from Micha. And all of this is in the Machsar. You don't have to go back here for reference. And as he puts points out in the footnote, the, these uh, verses are allusions to the 13 attributes of mercy. Hashem, Hashem, Kelracho, Machanan, God of God, a merciful one, etc. And finally, we close it out with Seif Ches, the final paragraph of this chapter. It is customary not to sleep on the day of Rosh Hashanah. No Shabbos Shloff. Shabbos, big deal. You take your nap after your cholent. But on Rosh Hashanah, sorry, no naps. Why? So that your mazel will not sleep. Mazel is your, your, your luck. But what's going to happen if a guy's going to say, I'm not, I can't sleep, so I'm going to just sit here and do nothing or uh, be idle or worse. That's no different than being asleep. So what are you going to do? If you, what do you need to do if you're staying up? You got to study Torah. You got to do something positive. Go help somebody. Go blow the chauffeur for somebody who put the cup to show and so forth, so forth. As he points out in the footnote, that the the um, the rabbis of Chabad urged that every moment of Rosh Hashanah should be utilized for prayer and reciting tilim. As explained every year at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, probably do the same this year. Statistics show that always announce that this is the head of the year. It's not just the beginning of the year; it's the head of the year. And just as the head impacts the entire body. God forbid if there's anything, etc. If everything's going well in the head, everything should be going well in the body. That's the roish, the roish of the um, of the body. So there's the roish of the year. Everything that happens on these days, the first two days of Rosh Hashanah, that impacts the entire year. So you want to utilize every second of the day to the best of your ability to fill it with with um, you know, Tehillim with psalms and with good things. Rabbi, there's a delivery downstairs at the front door. <laughs> what can you do? Somebody who sits and is doing nothing is like he's sleeping. And there are those of the custom that once midday has already passed, ah, okay, now you can go to sleep. No esta problema. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the first and second chapter of the halachot of Rosh Gashana. Any questions, comments? No? All right, let's do some Chumash.
You all ready for some Robert, 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 Forgive me for everything. Are you going to let that guy in at the front door? Or? No. Was it Am- is it Amazon? I don't know. Some guy with the delivery keeps ringing the, the car- your, doorbell. your doorbell. It's fine. It's, we'll just have to bring it another time and we'll figure it out. Okay, I'll tell him. It's a weird time to bring a delivery, 8 o'clock at night. Hello? You can't come to the door right now. It's giving a class. <laughs> You can't, you know, there's a Yiddish expression. Yeah. Are you Amazon? Who are you? Mekenish Tansen? I've Allah Yes. You know what it means, Bill? No. Yes. yes. The ta- tans means the dance. <laughs> you can't dance at, at every wedding. <laughs> so either you're giving a class or you're picking up a delivery. You can't do both. So the delivery will figure it out when to come. Thank you, thank you, Rondo, for for, for uh, looking out for it. Rabbi, though, it's it's produce, it's Instacart. Yeah, that's it's whatever. It, it's the system has to work itself out. What if Got I wasn't it. here? Okay. Right. So what'll happen is they'll they'll whoever ordered that Instacart will find out. Ron, they can leave it there. It's fine. Let them leave it. Ron. Ron, they could leave it there. It's fine. We'll, we'll pick it up later. They could leave it there. They could leave it outside. Yeah, you know, what will happen is either they'll leave it or they won't leave it, and they'll come back. It's not a problem. I love Instacart. Very, very uh, nice people. Okay, you guys ready for a little bit of, uh, of Chumash? Okay. So today's Chumash, we have... Um, talking about the Kohenim and the Levim. And the first verse goes through the fact that the Levites and the Kohenim do not have a portion in the land of Israel as far as if there's a war and there are spoils of war, they don't get anything. Sorry. And they don't get an inheritance in the land. They don't get a portion of the land to call their own. Rather, they live off of gifts of from the temple. In the case of the Kohenim, gifts from the rest of the Israelites, in the case of the, of the Levites, they get a tenth of the produce and so forth. Says the verse, So one of the things that the Kohanim, the priests, one of their 24 gifts, is that they receive the foreleg, the jaws, and the maw anytime Somebody slaughters an animal, they get some nice meat. Four leg, the jaws, and the maw. Who do they get it from? They get it from, says Rashi, from the nation, but not from the priests themselves. When a priest does it, he doesn't have to give it to a fellow priest. The verse uses the example of ox or a sheep. But it doesn't mean specifically an ox or a sheep. It means it means to say domesticated animals as opposed to undomesticated animals. And we have that also with, um, we just had that today in Rambam, with the laws of, um, the laws of, um, of, of you're not allowed to slaughter this, the, 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 a, 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 a mother and its, and its child um, animal on the same day. That it says also, the, the ox and the, and, the, and the sheep, 
So it doesn't mean doesn't mean the ox and the sheep. It just means domesticated animals to the exclusion of chaya. Chaya being a wild beast. So he gets the the um, foreleg is from the carpus, the shoulder blade, and the jaws come together with the tongue. Ah, a delicacy. Ah. Now the Rashi says that those who interpret the symbolism of biblical verses say, why of all the parts of the animal does the Kohen receive these parts? So he says the the, the foreleg, which is the arm, that is because of the act of Pinchas, who was a Kohen, where he had a zealous act, where he killed the, um, the, 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 the Shimonite, the head of the tribe of Shimon, who was engaged in sinful, sinful behavior. So because of that, Act of zealous righteousness that used his arm, the Kohanim receive the foreleg, the arm of the animal. Why do they receive the jaws? Because of the prayer, again with Pinchas. That Pinchas arose and prayed on behalf of the Jewish people because there was a plague at that time. The hakeva and the and the stomach, because also when Pinchas killed. The Shimonite uh, leader of the, of the tribe of Shimon, he also killed the woman with which he, he was sitting and, and through her stomach. So they received the gifts, all relating to Pinchas's act of zealousness, where he stopped the plague by killing those who were engaged in the sin. Verse 4 Now there's another gift to the Kohanim. This is not to the Levites, this is to the Kohanim. And what is it? The first of your grain, known as truma. Uh, the first of your of your wine, first of your oil. So tirosh is wine, yitzar is oil. A place called yitzar in Israel it must be a place where they had a lot of oil. Reish's gaze. Reish is the beginning of the fleece of your sheep. So the first time you shear the sheep, that goes to the kohen. Sayin chatit in light. Says Rashi, the Torah doesn't say how much the first of your grain is. Is it one? Is it one uh, piece of grain? Is it ten percent? Doesn't say. So basically, if it doesn't say, it means it's it's a minimum amount. Avil, however, but our sages did provide a minimal amount, and they said, if you want to be generous, give one fortieth of your produce as truma to the kohen. Ayin ra. You want to be miserly, make it one out of 60. Down the middle is one fifty. The sages relied on a verse in Ezekiel, which hints at this idea of one sixtieth being the beer minimum. Yeah, okay. What does it mean to give the first of the fleece? When you shear the sheep every year annually, give the first to the coin. Again, it doesn't say how much. And our sage said one sixtieth of the fleece. How many, how many sheep do you have to have to be liable for this obligation? You have to have five Sheep. Rabbi Akiva derived from this verse that they have to have a minimum of five because you have 
you have Rache's gaze. Then you have so that's so that's two. Tzoyincha is is three, and and um, gaze tzoyincha. I'm sorry, is four, and titan loy is five. Okay, one last verse. In him has God, your Lord, chosen from all your tribes to stand and to serve in the name of God, he and his children, all the days. From here we derive that serving in the temple is done when standing. Respect. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has just been a roller coaster of laws and biblical verses. Any questions or comments? You're floored, rendered speechless. I have to go over this more to really understand. What yes, we're going. moving quickly. Oh my God, so much. What is it? Yes, yes. Okay, so to next time we get together will on the on the zoom will not be this thursday because we're going to have a little uh in-house in in in-person meeting that will not be on the zoom uh we'll send out information about that but um we'll be back oh we won't be back we won't be back because i'm going to be traveling on sunday